0: From the WLI WFM studio in Southampton, New York on Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023. I'm Gianna Volpe. Disgraced former Suffolk County Police Chief James Burke was arrested yesterday on multiple sexual misconduct charges during an undercover sting by county park rangers, investigating complaints about sex solicitation at Suffolk County Vietnam Veterans Memorial Park in Farmingville, police said. Burke, a convicted felon whose federal prosecution for beating a handcuffed suspect and covering it up more than a decade ago, left an ethical stain on the police department, attempted to use his former law enforcement status and an appeal for sympathy due to the substance of the allegations to avoid being arrested, officials said. Quote, the ranger who made the arrest of Mr. Burke did not know he was James Burke, not at first, not until he identified himself and said who he was and said, do you know who I am? That, according to Stephen Layton, chief of the Suffolk County Park Rangers, speaking at a news conference. Michael O'Keefe and Nicole Fuller reporting on Newsday.com that Suffolk County Park Rangers arrested Burke, 58 of Smithtown, and took him to the Suffolk Police Department's 6th Precinct in Selden for processing. He was charged with offering a sex act, indecent exposure, public lewdness, and fifth-degree criminal solicitation. Burke was released with a desk appearance ticket. He's due in court on September 11th, according to Tanya Lopez, spokesperson for Suffolk District Attorney Ray Tierney. On the state level, a recently released New York Civil Liberties Union database provides a rare and granular detailing of 20 years of officer misconduct and use of force records compiled by the New York State Police. Tom gogola reporting on 27East.com that the data set obtained via an NYCLU Freedom of Information lawsuit against the state police was released in mid-August and contains thousands of police officers' records, saying the uh, that says the NYCLU in a release quote were regularly withheld by departments incorrectly claiming their disclosure would violate state law owing to a now-repealed section of state uh, civil rights law that had historically shielded officers' actions from public scrutiny. The New York State Police is the state's second-largest police agency after the NYPD, fielding a force of some 4,700 officers across 13 troops around the state. Troop L covers Nassau and Suffolk and is headquartered in Farmingdale. There's a substation and barracks on the east end In Riverside, compared with other upstate troops, some of which were singled out by the NYCLU for their apparently outsized number of misconduct complaints, Troop L on Long Island appeared to considerably fare better with 216 use-of-force incidents compared to, say, Troop G in upstate New York, where there were 726 such incidents between 2003 and 2017. Here on the East End, South Old Town is weighing a developer's request to build a first-of-its-kind affordable housing complex in Cutchog that would require a zoning change. Tara Smith reporting on Newsday.com that representatives of Cruz Brother Constructions, which presented their plans at a board meeting last week, is seeking a change of zone from low-density residential to affordable housing district for the North Fork Villas project. The developer plans to build 36 rental apartments on vacant property on the north side of Main Road between Depot Lane and Pequash Avenue in Kutchog. The housing district would allow for more units to be built on the 3.2-acre property, which is now zoned for one single-family home per acre lot. Earlier this year, the Southhold Town Board repealed a measure that capped development at 24 apartments in affordable housing zones. Board members at the meeting embraced the concept but said they must weigh the need for housing, community character, and viability of the project before approving the zoning change. The board said it will review the plan, then the developers can formally apply for the change, followed by a review by the town planning department and a public hearing. Salvo Town Supervisor Scott Russell urged the board to consider the housing, uh, the community housing plan. The town is on the brink of adopting as they review the project the board plans to hold a public hearing uh, on the plan, which will serve as a roadmap for spending funds collected from a new half percent real estate transfer tax to address the housing crisis. No date has been set for the hearing. And finally, this past Friday, Governor Kathy Hochul visited the Bridgehampton Childcare and Recreational Center, along with several other law- local lawmakers and distinguished members of the community for an official Opening ceremony for the center's recently completed $3.3 million, 7,828-square-foot building. Kaylin Riley reporting on at 27East.com that the new building will enhance the center's ability to provide even more of the vital services and programs it supplies. Construction of the building was made possible through fundraising and several state grants. Listening to Governor Hochul speak about the importance of what the center provides was an experience. Executive Director Bonnie Cannon said she found hard to put into words. It was unbelievable, she said. It was so phenomenal. We've been here for the past 70-plus years doing this work, but so many people still don't know what we do or that we exist. So now we have this new building and have the governor's stamp of approval. It's just a long time coming. The new building, one of several buildings on the six-acre property – will vastly expand on what the center can offer. Previously, it was licensed to care for around 36 children. According to Cannon, the addition of the new building moves that number to more than 100. New York State Assemblyperson Fred W. Thiel Jr., who lives in neighboring Sag Harbor, was on hand at the ribbon cutting. His support has been crucial in helping obtain grant money. Cannon said uh, Thiel spoke about significance of the expansion of the center and its place in the community quote is it is with immense pride and gratitude that we celebrate the official ribbon cutting of the new building at the bridgehampton child care and recreational center he said centers educational and enrichment programs are a lifeline for working families new york's investment in the center is not just in bricks and mortar but in the future of our community Reading the weather on Shelter Island all morning because both of our guests today won't be appearing uh, there soon to promote new books. Maeve Duvalli joining us at the bottom of this hour to talk about her memoir, Maeve Rising, coming out trans in corporate America. Looking like a sunny Wednesday on The Rock with a high near 76 degrees northeast wind, 6 to 8 miles per hour becoming southeast in the afternoon. Tonight mostly clear with a low around 60 degrees light south wind right now it's 64 degrees kicking off our rising madness edition of the heart with Paul Simon's Love Me Like a Rock in honor of the rock where we just read the news and because Hampton's International Film Festival just announced that the New York premiere of Academy Award winning director Alex Gibney's In Restless Dreams the music of Paul Simon will scream as this year's will screen as this year's uh, festival centerpiece presentation Friday, October 6th, the 31st annual HIF runs between October 5th and 12th with in-person screenings and events, including five world premiere screenings of narrative and documentary features across the Hamptons. Directed by Alex Gibney in Restless Dreams, the music of Paul Simon is the definitive portrait of Paul Simon following him inside the studio as he makes his new album, Seven Psalms. Very excited about that. While also looking back on his six-decade grammy award-winning career with countless music peaks from sounds of silence to graceland Uh, gibney scheduled to attend the festival and will participate in a post-screening conversation on the film i'll be bunny hopping past the chill spirits track rising like a phoenix phoenix that serves as the glue to get us back on our theme this morning but Not our very own Rory Kelly's Don't Give In from her rising, rising, rising record, which you'll hear just after this beloved Paul Simon track. I'm Jenna Volpe, this is Paul Simon, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. You're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, news you can trust, music you love.
1: Mm -hmm. That's that's that groove.
2: When I was a little boy When I was just a boy And the devil called my name When I was just a boy I say now who do Who who do you think you're fooling When I was just a boy I'm a consecrated boy When I was just a boy singer in a Sunday choir grown to be a man, be a man. Mm, And the devil would call my name be a man. I say now who do Who, who do you think you're fooling to be a man. I'm a consummated Was it dance?
0: Music from all decades and genres. Interviews with folks from all walks of life. All morning and midnight. Long on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. You're listening to the morning and midnight show, The Heart of the East End, on WLIWFM. News you can trust. Music you love.
3: fake pharma to make me sicker. I already bit a president to make ice with them. I'm not gonna be the beauty in the street and make me feel ugly. Call me crazy. I got better ways to spend my money. It never ends. It never ends. It never ends. It never ends. never just because you're a democrat sorry mister i'm not gonna buy into that i'm not gonna obey pay pay your facebook app to change my tummy i'm not gonna hand over my self-esteem or any of my money it never ends it never ends it never ends it never
0: We'll be talking about bodies in just a bit. But first, oh my gosh, I absolutely love this track. This is Lhasa de Sala's uh, Rising from uh, Lhasa Record of 2009 here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station WLIWFM. Uh, Stay tuned for Maeve Duvalli joining us for a special segment at the bottom of the hour underwritten by the Lust Group on WLIWFM.
3: I got caught in the storm
0: How beautiful was that? Lassa del Salo, rising from the Lassa record of 2009. Let's see. I kind of just need a placeholder. I'm deciding between Blind Lemon Jefferson and Leo Kotke. You know what? Let's go with Blind Lemon. Rising Height Water Blues. Here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, wfm the rising section of the set list in honor of Maeve Duvalli joining us to talk about her memoir, Maeve Rising, coming out trans in corporate America. Let's just see. Maeve, do you happen to be there? Not quite yet. We'll be right back here on WLIWFM, wfm Long Island's only local NPR radio station heard on throughout Eastern Long Island and Coastal Connecticut. 96.9 in Central and Western Suffolk County. Streaming online to wherever you may be at WLIW.org slash radio. Backwater riding. Down on. People can't make no
1: time. I said backwater riding people can't make good in my windows and doors A backwater rising Come in my windows and doors
4: i leave with a prayer in my heart Backwater won't rise no more How high is the water, mama? two feet high and rising. How high is the water, Papa? She said it's two feet high and rising. Well, we can make it to the road in a homemade boat, cause that's the only thing we got left that'll float. It's already over all of wheat and oats. Two feet high and rising. How high is the water, Mama? Three feet high and rising. How high is the water, Papa? She said it's three feet high and rising. Well, the hives are gone, I lost my bees. Chickens are sleeping in the willow trees. Cows in water up past her knees. Three feet high and rising. How high's the water, mama? Four feet high and rising. How high's the water, papa? She said it's four feet high and rising. Hey, come look through the window pane. The bus is coming, gonna take us to the train. Looks like we'll be blessed with a little more rain. Four feet high and rising.
1: How high's the water, mama?
4: Five feet high and rising.
1: How high's the water, papa?
4: She said it's five feet high and rising. Well, the rails are washed out north of town. We got a hit for higher ground. We can't come back till the water goes down. Five feet high and rising. Well, it's five feet high and rising. Little Johnny
0: Cash leading us into our first segment this morning, underwritten by the Lust Group. Uh, our first guest is Maeve Duvalli, whose memoir is Maeve Rising, coming out trans and corporate America. Thank you for being with us, Maeve, and for sharing your
5: story. Gianna, thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to uh, be on the show.
0: I want to start by applauding the use of Murasaki's quote at the start of your memoir, because I think it's a succinct way to explain something like gender identity to a person who thinks of such in binary terms. The quote goes, there are as many sorts of women as there are women. Can you talk about using this quote from Tale of Genji to set the scene? For your memoir?
5: Sure. It, it just, um, as I went through my transition, it, it just seemed right. I was expressing myself in my own unique way. And for transgender people as well, um, each transition is different. Each person's journey is going to be different. Right. So I was just struck by um, how each person's experience was unique. Right.
0: I adored the opening scene, your first trip to Sephora, I wanted to ask if it was really like that for you, a singular thought and desire out of the ether, but I know it it wasn't. Can you talk about the effect drinking had on your ability to clearly explore your own self because uh, you were just beginning to enjoy sobriety when the moment occurred,
5: right? That's a great question. And on a conscious level, believe it or not, that was my first time I... I really had this kind of awakening um, that something was going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. Previous to that, I'd had experiences where I had worn makeup. I had had an androgynous look, particularly when I was in Japan. But I believe that the fact that I was an active alcoholic for most of my life and I didn't get sober until January of 2018 right. was something that really suppressed my identity and prevented me from getting to know myself. And then about eight months later, after I got sober, I had this sudden thought that I wanted to wear makeup.
0: Sobriety and your journey to finding it is far more central to this story than coming out at Saks. Uh, did you explore titles reflecting that? How did How did the book really come together?
5: There was some publicity around the fact that Uh, I came out at at Goldman Sachs in 2019. And um, I I think that's what people know me for. A lot of people who've read this book that have known me for a long time didn't know I had a drinking problem. And, you know, being transgender, that's one of the central facts of my life. It defines me. But um, sobriety, if, if you're not sober, you don't have all these gifts. Um, you, you you might be dead, you might be miserable, you might be in jail. Um, so without sobriety, there's nothing else. So that's why um, sobriety is a little bit more central to the book.
0: I think I learned even more about uh, alcoholism from this book than than I ever did uh, about being transgender. And that's probably because of, of my own journey. But I really wanted to talk about your recovery. This was an unflinchingly told tale of the roughest parts of your story there. How did working the program help with making this narrative a ruthlessly honest, forthcoming one?
5: That's a great question. And, and I've been asked a lot about my transgender experience, and I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about my recovery experience, but, um, recovery is rooted in storytelling. It's one alcoholic or one addict telling his or her story to another addict, that person identifying with the story and in that bond being something that helps somebody, um, get sober or get clean. Now I was a journalist for a good portion of my career. I was in PR for part of my career and, um, in both of those professions, storytelling, identification is, is part of the job. I'd already been convinced of that. And then when I got into recovery, that was even more um, obvious to me. And it's no accident that I ended up um, writing my own story as a result. All right.
0: So let's talk about coming out at Goldman Sachs and <clears throat> the importance of allies like Lisa Douglas in, e- in HR for those walking the path.
5: So allies, <clears throat> excuse me, allies are essential um, to to help us in this environment right now, particularly in this environment where we socially and politically there's a large portion of people, <clears throat> excuse me, in this country who um, are transphobic. They're attacking transgender people, and by by this is kind of math math, but math mathematically there's more allies than there are transgender people and actually other people other parts of the lgbtq plus community not just cisgender or straight people are allies as well so we need allies to be out there to call out bad comments to call out bad behavior to help us when we're being attacked so allies are essential
0: right absolutely have you had because there's it's a, it's a really beautiful story, and you get a lot of the good stuff. I didn't see a lot of, of negative side comments or, or any sort of that bad behavior uh, as much throughout the memoir. Have you had uh, instances that you're comfortable with sharing um, throughout, throughout your transition?
5: Sure. Um, you know, I'm very privileged. I, I live in New York City. I'm white. I worked for Goldman Sachs, and um, I, I I live in a place where uh, transgender people are accepted. I happen to be right at the moment in Provincetown, Massachusetts, where oh. it's a gay enclave yeah, at the tip of Cape Cod, and it's uh, you know it's it's almost a bubble. And uh, I'm I'm heading down to Long Island for an, a book event on on Saturday. I'm looking forward to very look, much looking forward to going down there. But you know I've been fortunate. I haven't really had too, too many bad experiences and you know i think for me having waited so long in life to find out who i am um i i tend to discount negative experiences if they're not threatening to me if somebody mm. gives me a bad look or mutters under their breath you know i don't really notice that too much so mm. i've been very fortunate in and not everybody in this country has been no. as fortunate as I have.
0: No, no. And in fact, I I often talk about the Human Rights Commission, I think it was last year or two years ago, being the deadliest year uh, for transgender and non-binary people uh, as being such a tragedy, along with uh, the host of anti-trans legislation that's either passed, being passed, or trying to be passed across the country. It's definitely a, a, a tough thing to talk about. Uh, something lovely I'd love to talk about is the quote from one of your fellow yoga classmates about admiring the way you move through space. You were settling into not only your yoga practice, but your identity as a woman. Can you talk about what a compliment like that uh, does for someone's self-esteem, uh, particularly going through uh, the, a trans, uh, transition as, as such as yourself?
5: Uh, thank you for bringing that up. That I, I just had to include that in the book. That happened relatively early in my transition. It was before I came out at Goldman Sachs. And um, initially, uh, this this person who was a stranger just said to me, I like the way you move through space. Uh, she was a young black woman. And I didn't I, – I, it stumped me for a while, but <clears throat> I th- what I think she meant was I just look really comfortable in my skin. And at that point in my transition, I don't think I felt very comfortable in my skin, but I guess I was settling into it. Right. And that was just such a beautiful thing to say, and uh, I'll never forget that comment. And, you know, there there are some really, really nice people in the world, and um, I, I like to focus on them just as, as you like to focus on them as well.
0: So we're really excited. You're coming out on Saturday. Do you want to talk more about the event that's happening on Shelter mm. Island?
5: sure um uh, a couple of friends of mine encouraged me to do an event on shelter island i'm going to be doing my big book events in new york city uh in september when everyone gets back from vacation but it seemed like a good idea to come to provincetown to come out east and uh, do events in the summer um where people are in the summer so I'm having it um, at a private residence, and I have four or five really good friends who acted as co-hosts for the event and helped me organize it. And um, I'm actually going to have my old boss from Goldman Sachs, uh, Jake Seward, who, um, who who, you know, was there when I was doing my transition. He's going to do a Q&A with me, and uh, I'm going to do a book signing. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. The book is Maeve
0: Rising, Coming Out Trans in Corporate America. You can find out more information about Maeve at MaeveDuvali.com in honor and a pleasure. Maeve, wishing you all the best uh, ahead of this weekend on The Rock. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Maeve Duvali. This is Nina, et cetera. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, news you can trust, music you love. Nice local cover of House of the Rising Sun, Nina, etc., their 2020 record, Triptych. Little Greta fan fleet, Leo Kotke, and Apollo Limited on deck here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Music from all decades and genres, interviews with folks from all walks of life, all because of you, the listener supporter of WLIWFM. Oh. Coolidge rising from Leo Kottke's 1969 record 6 and 12 string guitar leading you into the NPR news break with a little Apollo Limited rising from the nothing is ordinary everything is beautiful record of 2021 you're on WLIWFm I stood
6: among the I found the sun above the clouds. It's gonna be